welcome to this week's Oxcast, your weekly roundup of all the best events happening in and around Oxford. Today's date is Wednesday the 27th of April and joining me in the studio today is Orla and Jen. Hello. Hello. So what have you guys got? I'll be talking about some retro gaming May morning, which is obviously a big deal in Oxford, and a bit of cinema as well this week. I've got theatre and ballet and a gig. (laughs) I've got May Music Festival, uh, food and a wordplay game. First up, we've got an interview, though. Who did you interview and what for, Katie? I spoke to Professor David Vines, who is a professor of economics at Oxford University. He's doing a talk at part of May Music Festival. So this has been running for about eight years now, and it's a festival which explores music, science and arts. And it was first put on by Jack Liebeck and the physicist Professor Brian Foster to sort of um, marry up the music and science so they have a bit more of a relationship because obviously there's an assumption that there's a divide. Mm. So basically there are science lectures and they're usually followed by concert, so it's quite nice. The science lectures this year include things like biology, medicine, dark matter, computing and economics. And there are loads of wonderful concerts in the evening and some in the afternoon, which are being performed by professional musicians, including a jazz concert, which will be in perfect darkness. Mm. And Brian Cox was involved one year as well, wasn't he? Which is perfect, because he was in a pop band and obviously the (laughs) face of science on TV. Personally marrying the two subjects. (laughs) I think he just uh, did a lecture, but it would have been good if he'd performed as well. (laughs) Apparently people uh, who are good at maths and science are often good at music as well. It's like uh, strangely related skill sets. Well, I guess music really is physics, isn't it? So Mm. you get right down to it. So do you get tickets that uh, let you into one concert and talk together? So you can buy a concert ticket, which is £11 for an afternoon concert or £20 for an evening concert. And if you buy one of those, you get into the lecture for free. Or you can just go to the lecture for £3. So that's up to you, really. (laughs) Definite Um, incentive. (laughs) Yes. And if you're under the age of 25, it's free. Oh, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) It's a horrible cut-off point. (laughs) That's um, generous, though. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I spoke to David Vines about the history of the festival. I know about May Music because I know Brian Foster, who set it up. My guess is about half a dozen years ago. Uh, and it began with a bunch of physicists celebrating the interest in music that Einstein had in his life. And there was a whole period, three or four days of uh, showing what Einstein had been interested in and rather it seemed like a rather strange few days in which there were talks about physics for people like me, not physicists, Mm. so that we could understand, uh, kind of all around this rather wonderful music. And it was such a success, everyone said to Brian, do it again. And, and uh, gradually it, it sort of, next year, more physics and more interesting music, but it gradually stumbled out of uh, just physics and music and, and, away from, and away from Einstein to people in the university talking about the things they're interested in, like working on, surrounded by uh, some wonderful music. N- near my talk is a Beethoven string quartet. You couldn't imagine a, a, something more pleasurable to be, to be giving a talk next to a Beethoven string quartet. 
Listen to the full Artscast Extra interview to hear David's analysis of the economic crisis, how he thinks we might be able to change the culture of banking, and what he thinks about the divide between arts and science. Now I'm going to quickly squeeze in an event that's happening tonight, so if uh, you're listening to this, you might need to um, hightail it down to St Clement's, because at Joe Perks, tonight there's going to be a retro gaming night. So they're going to have loads of TVs and screens and loads of retro consoles with games like Mario Kart and GoldenEye and Mortal Kombat amazing. that people remember from like their childhood in the 90s. It's going to be amazing. Uh, it's the first event of its kind at Joe Perks, but it's going to be on the last Wednesday of every month from now on, um, so hopefully it will go well. I'd say it will. For people who are interested, though, there is an N64 all year round in The Star, uh, which is on Rectory Road between St. Clements and Cowley Road, and they've got about 10 games, including Mario Kart, which is, let's face it, the most important game. Yes. So if you're interested in that, you might also want to go to The Star another night if you can't make this one. But yeah, that's at 7 o'clock tonight at Joe Perks on St. Clements, and it's free. What was your favourite game growing up? Well, I didn't really have consoles growing up, so I came to it much later when I got to uni and played a lot of Call of Duty, but also we had an N64 in the house oh. and we played probably more Mario Kart than anything else. <laughs> Despite the fact that we had PlayStation 3s and Xboxes and Wiis and stuff. <laughs> it was the N64. And the SNES. Yes. SNES got a lot of news. <laughs> we had six consoles. <laughs> there were four of us. Wow. <laughs> what about you? Did you play, like, Zelda or anything? I Yes, I was going to say, Zelda. I absolutely love playing Zelda and a lot of Pokemon as well oh, yeah. it was incredible and I of just, course Mario Kart I did a bit of online gaming as well like RuneScape I think oh. I did a paid subscription to for a while <laughs> Neopets oh I tried to log into my Neopets account yesterday actually when I was looking this up but uh, I can't remember my password could remember my username though so pleased with that <laughs> that's impressive <laughs> you realise half these words make no sense to me whatsoever <laughs> you're missing out Jen those two perks tonight we had an old PC and we played Commander Keen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we also had Which Prin- I love. Prince of Persia oh, on like, oh. Windows 95. <laughs> yeah. Duke Nukem in 2D. Oh. <laughs> well, after that nostalgia fest. <laughs> Appropriately, uh, the next thing I'd like to talk about is Forget Me Not. Um, this is a play that's happening at the Old Fire Station on Friday. Um, and it's described as an Alzheimer's whodunit. So uh, Rob G, who's a performance poet and comedian and was a psychiatric nurse for 12 years, uh, which must do something to your sense of humour because Joe Brown was a psychiatric oh, yeah, nurse as well. Um, so I imagine it, it sharpens up your sense of the absurd. <laughs> but he's putting on a one-man show uh, with at least 10 characters. And he's, he's one of those men with a, a really kind of... Do you know, a, a rubber face, like if you can move <laughs> mm. it into all sorts of shapes, it's brilliant for portraying character comedy. Um, so the plot focuses on Jim, who's a retired detective. When his wife dies on a dementia ward, supposedly of natural causes, he's suspicious and he needs to use his razor-sharp detective's brain one last time. <laughs> the problem is his brain is no longer razor-sharp. He has oh, dementia too. Oh, gosh. That's a genius concept. It's, it's really like Memento, it? actually. I think it's more serious. (laughs) Well, it's it's good. It's it's he seems to have a really good mix of the wacky and funny and hilarious, and also the serious at the heart of it. So it's about attitudes to and treatment of people with dementia, and it's thought provoking. And one word that comes up in the reviews a lot is respectful. Mm. Um, And given that it's part of what he terms the fruitcake trilogy, (laughs) I think it's pretty good to get respect in there as well. Classic. Um, and it's best for ages 14 plus because it's got adult themes and some swearing in it Um, and it's toured a lot of the Canadian fringe festivals so I know that um, performance poet Steve Larkin who's obviously based Mm -hmm. in Oxford um, goes over to a lot of the um, 
Canadian festivals, Winnipeg Fringe and so on. Um, and Rob G, I think, has, has partnered him in some shows out there. So there's obviously kind mm. of... they got a strong scene over there. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, lots of really good festivals, I think. Lots of small ones, but a good tour. Um, so that's 7.30 on Friday night. Uh, tickets are £10 or £8 concessions. Hmm. On to the weekend now. If you're like me, you won't pass up any opportunity to go to a food festival. <laughs> and luckily there's one this weekend in Henley. So this is Henley on Food and it's being held at Ship Lake College in Henley and it's running on Saturday and Sunday. So there are lots of famous TV and otherwise chefs coming along such as Francis Quinn, the 2013 winner of Great British Bake Off. Madeline Shaw, uh, who's recently produced a book called Ready Steady Glow. Uh, you should check out her Instagram page for mm-hmm. porridge bowls and egg white omelettes. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and she's managed to, managed to make them look Instagrammable. Oh, yes. Oh, very much so. <laughs> uh, she does a lot of yoga, of course, as well. John Trode from uh, MasterChef will be there, and he's produced a cookbook called My Kind of Food, so maybe any MasterChef hopefuls should go along and read his book. So are just people trying to flog their books? Is this sort of a literary, literary food festival, or are they going to be doing some cooking as well? Do you get to eat anything? Um, some of the... That's <laughs> what I'm to some of the talks, um, there is you do actually get to eat some. There's one. Um, there's a chef that specialises in breakfast, and for five pounds you get a bowl of breakfast. Mm. So while well, you listen to the talk, which is great, mm-hmm. but <laughs> do they also have food stalls and stuff as well? Yes. Oh, okay. So to see the chefs, you have to pay for tickets, which is between five and seven pounds to hear their talks. But there's also lots of food stores and pop-up talks happening, and you can get into those. Um, with a daily Roma, which is £7, or a weekend Roma, which is £12. Yeah, and there's also lots of activities for kids. Uh, Make sure to get your cash out beforehand because there isn't a cash point on site. And I know many people who've gone to food festivals and have run out of cash because they just can't resist buying (laughs) everything in sight. I think I have to limit the amount of cash I take to food (laughs) festivals for precisely that reason. (laughs) Um, There's also a kids' competition running where you um, draw your favourite meal and you might win some nice signed cookery books. So it all sounds really delightful. So that's Henley on Food... Uh, at Ship Lake College in Henley on Saturday and Sunday starting at 9.30am until 6pm. Go early for breakfast. Yes. It's obviously a good weekend for kids. Uh, We've also got at the new theatre this weekend My First Ballet. And this is the English National Ballet and the English National Ballet School. Um, And they're producing a show which is an introduction to ballet for anyone aged three plus. And this time it's Sleeping Beauty. And Katie was saying she hadn't been to a ballet before, so is it suitable for Katie's first ballet? Yes. I think it's suitable for everybody's first <laughs> ballet. It looks lovely. It looks really nice. Um, it's a shortened version of um, Sleeping Beauty, but it does have original Tchaikovsky score to it, so a bit condensed, but um, yeah, it's still proper ballet, definitely. Um, it's got a narrator to keep track of what's going on, oh. which is terrifically useful. <laughs> um, it's an hour and a half, so it's not like, you know, sort of 40-minute giddy show. Um, it's, it's still a decent... Well, ballets don't really go in for plot, let's say. <laughs> but nevertheless, still a decent plot in there somewhere. And it's bright and vivid. It's got really lovely costumes, judging by the, the photos. Um, and at the wedding at the end of Sleeping Beauty... Sorry, it's a spoiler alert here, but there was a wedding at the end of Sleeping Beauty. And in this, um, in the ballet version, lots of storybook characters come to it. So it's got Puss in Boots and his oh, cat bride. Amazing. Oh, very lovely. Um and they've also got some really good support um, resources as well. So um, 
along with the tour, they're doing workshops in various places. There is a workshop on the 1st of May for three to six-year-olds. I'm afraid this one's sold out, but next time they come, watch out for that. And on the English National Ballet website, there is loads of stuff. And it's designed to help children with learning difficulties or disabilities to be able to understand what's going on and prepare for the show and and do follow-up stuff afterwards. So it's got um, a system of symbols to help clarify and and reduce the text and so on, which are called widget. That's like a trademark and Mm. comes with lots of software and stuff. But nevertheless, they're really useful symbols just for anybody. So I think for for really young children who aren't reading yet, if you want to do a bit of preparatory work before you see the ballet, um, there's some lovely stuff in there. Mm. And actually the flashcards of the ballet position and the terminology for that I found rather useful and fresh as well um, it's got colouring books and all sorts of stuff in there so um, wow. yeah it's all free to download PDFs so have a look at the English National Ballet website for those and um, yeah and it's happening at the new theatre um, there were shows on Saturday 11am 2pm and 5pm and on Sunday at 11am and 3pm and tickets are £12.90 looks lovely yeah I'll see you there <laughs> <laughs> Also happening this weekend, you can witness Ex Libris live at Blackwell's Bookshop on Saturday at 7pm. So I hadn't heard of this game before, so I had to have a little look. And its tagline is, the game of first lines and last words. So, from what I understand, you are given a title, an author and a plot summary. And then you have to write a first line for that book. So all these books exist, but you just have to write the first line for it. Do you have yeah. to know what it actually is, or can you make up your own? I think you have to you have to make up your own. Oh right, okay. this Wait. is really good practice for aspiring authors. First lines, yeah, <laughs> notoriously <laughs> difficult. Yeah, so you write down these first lines, and then you mix it in with the genuine ones, and everyone has to guess which is the correct one. Mm. All to that. Yes, it is a game of oh, I love bluffing. <laughs> so it sounds like a lot of fun, and obviously you, you get uh, points if you get the right one, or if you escape being found out so playing it this saturday is jerome fletcher who is a lecturer on on performance writing zoologist jonathan kingdon lee russell who is a crime writer and sally bailey who is an english lecturer and wrote a book about samuel pepys sounds like Um, an eclectic mixture yes i think that's yeah it's probably helps quite a lot Um, it's a slightly strange concept isn't it what watching people essentially play a board game exactly (laughs) so i yeah i sort of want to join it (laughs) (laughs) sounds like you'd be watching a radio Four panel show though yeah quite entertaining yeah yeah um i think while they're playing they're also interviewed by the host david freeman about their own works so Mm. it's it's sort of like a a plug and a game (laughs) (laughs) it's quite fun and there's another one happening if you can't get to this one as well isn't there in a few weeks time yes on the 21st of may um and it's got another great collection of writers there, including art critic Will Gompetz, uh, Layla Siegel, who writes short stories, Gemma Wayne, who is a novelist, and Helen Zaltzman, who is the co-creator of Answer Me This podcast. Um, it sounds like a good night and like your Radio 4 audience member, but in Oxford. So that's at Blackwell's Bookshop on Saturday at 7pm and it's £3. But let's face it, there's only one thing going on this weekend, isn't there? <laughs> May morning is going to be on Sunday. Uh, this one is going to be huge, I think. So, um, as many people know, May Day is a huge uh, celebration in Oxford and a big deal. I think all the uh, pubs are given an extra hour on their license just automatically by the council. They don't have to <laughs> apply for a later license. They just know everyone's going to be out. This year as well, it's going to be on a weekend for the first time since 2011. Um, so the council are expecting some massive crowds. 
the weather as well is looking like it's going to be clear for both Saturday night and Sunday, which is very exciting. But the important stuff you're going to need to know, a bit of housekeeping, Morland Bridge is going to be closed to traffic from 3am on Saturday night until 9am Sunday morning. Broad Street will be open to traffic this year, uh, but there probably won't be many cars around at 6am on Sunday morning anyway. The choristers will be singing at the top of Magdalen Tower at 6am for seven minutes. That's the important bit. A lot of people forget this. They go out <laughs> to the cellar till 6am, miss the choristers, and forgot why they were out all night. But it's, ma- it's the important bit, but they all sing the same thing, so you know. <laughs> True, you could just hear it recording. No, you've got to go to Magdalen Bridge. Um, so yeah, six o'clock on the dot, seven minutes of hymns Eucharistus being sung, followed by 20 minutes of bell ringing. After that, numerous Morris squads will be processing down High Street, leading crowds to Radcliffe Square and then Broad Street. Um, at about 6.15, the hurly-burly-whirly By God It's Early band will be playing, as always, on the steps of the Clarendon building, completely clad in green with um, their folky instruments playing some rough music, uh, as they describe it. And from, there'll also be Morris and music up at the Anchor in Jericho from 6am and at North Parade from midday. There'll be Morris men everywhere. I think people will just be out all night and day. It's going to be a messy one. Um, most importantly, though, there'll be a lot of people falling out of clubs and charging back from Port Meadow in the morning who are going to be in dire need of some sustenance. <laughs> and we've been finding out everywhere that's going to be open serving breakfast to you either all night or opening at two or whatever. So far, we've found nearly 40 places, that, um, including TikTok Cafe, who, as always, will be open all night on Cowley Road. <laughs> Uh, 40 places that is opening either all night or up till 7am so most places opening at 6 but other places at 2, 4, half 4, 5 both sides of the bridge as well so you should be able to find somewhere and you can get breakfast burritos I mean there's so many different things you can get for full information of everywhere that's open and their menu options and what times they're opening you can find it on dailyinfo.co.uk slash mayday where there's also um, more accurate times of where and when the Morris men will be and um bits of history about May Day as well. There are two things I've never managed to do. One is to go and eat chips in TikTok Cafe at 3am, which I always <laughs> say I'm going to do. Never made it. And the other one is to see the Morris Cow, which yes. is, is part of the Anchor and the North what? Oxford thing. So the, uh, the celebrations organised at the Anchor are organised by the um, sculptor who made the heads around the Sheldonian can't remember his name now. I assumed that happened in like 1890 or Me something. Me too. But anyway, it's this guy who organises it and there's a big cow. So they, everyone up at the anchor, they completely miss the stuff at Morden Bridge. They start at six doing their own Morrison music and there's a big cow there, like a fake cow. Sculpted kind of beer, cow. I think. I think there's well, perhaps it was maybe a pump on, at the back or on the udders or something like that. <laughs> Basically, you can get a beer out of the cow. <laughs> That does, does actually kind of tempt me not to go to Morden Bridge. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, though, don't jump into the river because it's really stupid and people have paralysed themselves and broken their legs. And it means they'll shut the bridge next and year. And they'll shut the no bridge No for anyone. Yeah, I, last year I did... So I was on a punt last year underneath Morden Bridge and uh, we went for a little bit around Christchurch Meadow afterwards and we saw people jumping in there just off the bank so <laughs> they can see how shallow it is and they're only falling about a foot. So may, if you have to, maybe do that. <laughs> Don't go in off the bridge. Don't go in off the bridge. Oh, also, I have a poem that Vera Britton wrote called May Morning from her time when she was in Oxford, just to give you a bit of a feel of what it might be like. So, the rising sun shone warmly on the tower, into the clear, pure heaven the hymn aspired, piercingly sweet. This was the morning hour when life awoke with spring's creative power and the old city's grey to gold was fired. Silently reverenced to the noisy throng under the bridge with boats in long array that lay motionless. 
The chorister's far song faded upon the breeze and echoes long. Swiftly I left the bridge and rode away. <laughs> and went off to breakfast at TikTok. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we'll see you in the bear at six o'clock. Well, <laughs> at half six. Have a good one. My next uh, event is on Wednesday, so that should give you plenty of time to recover <laughs> after May morning. Just about. Um, this is a tremendously exciting event and will cause enormous amount of delight to probably a relatively small number of people. Jen's fangirling so hard over about this. About 35-ish. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Blue Tones! <laughs> the Blue Tones are going to do a gig in the O2 Academy on Wednesday night. Um, I don't think I really need to say much more than that. If you know who the Blue Tones are, obviously you'll be there. If you don't, well, you'll just have to live in your little bubble and pass by boring your life anymore. <laughs> Um, it's the 20th anniversary tour, which is, Whoa. as the young people say, OMG. <laughs> um, so they're an indie Brit rock band, not ever as famous as Blur and Oasis, but obviously better. And <laughs> it, you can tell they're better because they feature a claim. pair of brothers and never had a terrible acrimonious split. <laughs> um, and probably the best known albums are Expecting to Fly, which was the first album, 1996. And the third one called Science and Nature, which was out in 2000. Although they've actually released six studio albums altogether, the most recent in 2010. Um, and uh, that one didn't top the charts, but they're still very successfully doing sold-out tours and having a lovely time. Um, yeah. Oxford, Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, O2 Academy, £24 tickets. What's their most famous song? Um, slight Return from the first album is probably the best known. And okay. um, there's one called Home Fires and Autophilia, which is the most amazingly, wonderfully sleazy song about a car. <laughs> <laughs> Great. You'll be checking them out on YouTube. Yeah, definitely later. checking them out. <laughs> and lastly, I've got a film for you uh, that I've picked from the many that are on Oxford Son of Saul is the Oscar winning foreign language film from this year's Academy Awards it's about a man in Auschwitz in 1944 who is forced to burn the corpses of his compatriots and while sorting through all the bodies he comes across the uh, corpse of his young son so on finding this a bit later on he's faced with a dilemma uh, between assisting a planned rebellion by by the inmates and securing a proper Jewish burial for his son. It's got absolutely astonishing reviews, which all basically say in the most sincere of terms, just see the film, just go and watch it. Um, and, you know, one took all, all the foreign language awards at the, uh, the last award season. It's on The Phoenix from Friday. You can find full listings on Daily Info, along with full listings of all the other films and events going on. Make sure to follow us on social media. We're on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at Daily Info Oxford. Once again, for all your important Mayday information, go to dailyinfo.co.uk slash Mayday. And for that timing of the Blue Tones gig <laughs> and all other events information, you can see Daily Info.